today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Andrea Horbath is with us again, uh, leader of the Ontario New, New Democrats and, of course, MPP for Hamilton Centre. Uh, reason being, she has sent a letter or sent a letter yesterday to Premier Wynne uh, asking her for clarification and help City Council with what's going on today and that vote. First, let's hear from some councillors. This is Councillor uh, Donna Skelly on whether it will pass or not. I think we're going to have the EA pass. You do? Yep. Not, notwithstanding your objections to it? Absolutely. Now, how are you going to vote? Against it. All right. At least she's farm. Um, and Councillor Whitehead, which I think is most surprising. Um, and again, you know, I, 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 I have no problem with politicians who change minds. I have no politician. I have no problem with politicians who uh, learn something that they didn't know or, or we didn't know and, and, and change uh, uh, the way they're thinking. That's good. That's being open minded. Um, but uh, I, I really don't understand how Eastgate Square got back on the table, especially since we've known about this. Well, when Premier Wynn came to town last year with the money saying you got to have a spur line, so therefore we're going to lop off Eastgate Square to the traffic circle and pay for the spur line down to the GO station. So why was none of this raised then? I'm not sure. Uh, here's what the Councillor Whitehead had to say. I think that judging from calls I've had from Ted McMeekin and others, and I believe that the message is being heard, and I'm hoping that uh, we'll hear some form of a, a commitment sometime today by the province of Ontario. All right, there you go. So uh, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, April 25th, uh, Andrea Horvath wrote a letter to Premier Wynne. It says, the debate around rapid transit in Hamilton is reaching a tipping point. Hamilton residents need to know uh, will uh, need to know you will not cause this to be a missed opportunity before council votes on the transit plan tomorrow, which is today. You must provide clarity and confirmation about the province's support for the project. I strongly urge your government to honor its commitment to the city of Hamilton and offer secure funding for a rapid transit to reach the original planned endpoint of Eastgate Square. Your government must take a hands-on approach and offer constructive solutions as we approach this critical vote. The shape of rapid transit in Hamilton will, in no small way, shape the future of the city. Its economy and the quality of life available to its res- uh, residents. Hamiltonians deserve a, com- a complete rapid transit solution, not a half measure, and they deserve a government that honors its commitments. Council is voting on this issue tomorrow, today, uh, but they can only make an informed decision if your position is known. I hope by then you will have made your support and financial commitment clear for the original Eastgate Square route, and that is signed by Andrea Horvath, leader of the Ontario New Democrats, and she is with us now. Hello, Andrea. How are you today? I'm very well, Scott. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. This is twice in one week. We appreciate that. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, So uh, what more can the province do? What are you looking for? What was the purpose of this letter? Uh, Well, I think it's twofold. I mean, it's it's to uh, reinforce that the, to have the province reinforce that it's uh, prepared to uh, support the the kind of the longer version of the LRT, if you will. So with the spur line now lo- no longer on the table, we've certainly been hearing a lot about the, the idea of going back to the original uh, configuration, which takes it down to Eastgate, which I think many of us thought was the uh, the, the better way to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so it's to, to not only get a reinforcement of that, but also that uh, the government's prepared to be financially at the table for that extra uh, couple of kilometers as well. I guess my question is, why are we asking the government for this now? I mean, we've known about this for a while. Why is Eastgate Square on the table in the 11th hour? 
Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think there were a number of us that were extremely disappointed and, and scratching our heads over the truncation of the line uh, to the traffic circle. Um, I mean, not only because Eastgate Square is a, is a place where people congregate and it's got uh, lots of opportunity for, for, uh, for that being a kind of a, a hub, if you will, but the other thing is, I mean, look at all the apartment buildings around that part of the, of the, of the city. I mean, there's a lot of high-density housing there, which is exactly what's, uh, what's helpful to LRTs. And so it made all the sense in the world for it to go that far. I don't know why all of a sudden that got pulled off the table. Nobody, I think, has come out with a reason why that got pulled off the table. Uh, but with the uh, spur line gone now, uh, it just makes sense. And, and as we've watched this debate harden over the last uh, week or so, it's become clear that there, is, uh, there are people who are saying, look, let's go back to that original configuration. Uh, that looks like uh, it's something that will sell for the councillors. And, you know, all the way around, it makes a lot of sense. And I think the reason people didn't, you know, um, really attack the government when they shortened the line uh, is because we wanted whatever we could get. You know what I mean? That's what that's what it was about. It's like, let's get whatever we can get. Expansion can come in time. But at the very least, let's get this started. Uh, obviously, there was supposed to be initially a spur line down from the LRT line to the GO station on James Street. That's the reason that this was shortened uh, in the first place. Then they realized that wasn't cost-effective. It's better to use a bus route down there. And then talked about also just expanding the whole A-line with BRT all the way up. Are you worried that if we build back and again although all the arguments everybody's making for eastgate square are totally valid valid i mean that's where it should mm-hmm. be but are you worried that you know with this extra cost out to eastgate square that now we're taking money away from that brt project up the mountain i certainly hope not and in fact uh once this um this line is built the lrt line is built there's going to be uh, an excess fleet uh, in terms of the traditional buses that we use, utilize now on that route, uh, which can be utilized for the BRT. So again, any time it's it's about trying to increase the um, you know the capacity of the of the, of the municipality to move people around, uh, I think that's positive. And so uh, the LRT is you know one piece of the puzzle. The BRT is another piece of the puzzle, and that needs to be addressed as well. So it's not an either or. I think it's the um, the idea of, of a comprehensive uh, transportation network throughout the city. Uh, obviously, the government giving us one billion, fully funding, uh, fully funding this project, certainly didn't do that in Waterloo. Uh, how much more do they have to uh, provide in order to to continue it out to Eastgate Square? What will this add to the to the bill? Do we know? Well, again, I don't have a you know a hard and fast figure, but certainly with the uh, with the environmental assessment process going forward, uh, if council votes in favor of this today, uh, it'll help. I think um, really solidify some of the numbers around where we are right now with the uh, you know with the shorter line and as well what that brings uh, brings to the table in terms of extra cost. But but look, I mean, I think that the government of Ontario uh, made a commitment to Hamilton uh, for for full funding of the infrastructure uh, from a, a from a place of uh, um, you know, of, of, of making that, um, you know, making that a commitment. I mean, it's a commitment that they made. It's one that uh, that hopefully they'll stand beside with the, the longer route. And I mean, if it takes a, a you know a couple hundred million more dollars, certainly the the provincial government has the the capacity uh, to um, you know to to make that commitment much more so uh, than do the people of Hamilton. And I'm really hopeful uh, that when you look at their you know their 
talk around, um, you know, commitment to infrastructure funding, that that, you know, that plays out into action on funding of the full line. Do you think we will hear from the Ontario government over the course of the day? I mean, when do we get confirmation on this? This is all going down at City Council now. Well, I mean, I certainly hope so, and then that, that's why I thought I'd lend my voice to the um, to the issue as well. Uh, is is because you know time is of the essence, and uh, I, I just thought anything that will help kind of uh, you know spur on their um, their action uh, is is useful, and that's why I put that letter together uh, because I thought it was important to to make sure that they know that lots of us are watching, um, and that uh, they have a chance to uh, uh, to really do the right thing here, and 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 make, um, make this project go forward. Do you expect to hear from the Premier on this today or somebody from the government, or do you expect City Council to? I, I, I certainly hope that the City Council does. Um, I mean, if they have a chance to make one call, I would rather it be to the City Council than to me, uh, because it's the City Council that's literally on the precipice of, of decision-making, and they need to, uh, they need to hear. Uh, count, do, you, do you find it ironic that councillors that said we don't need this, we can't afford this, are now lining up to spend more to extend it? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, and I, and I think that some of the comments you made at the, at the you know, start off of our conversation are true. Um, you know, there's no doubt that the, the heightened discussion, that the, um, you know, that the political kind of, um, you know, uh, activity around this has been, has been quite... Um, uh, you know, quite serious, and and I think folks, you know, folks get nervous about these kinds of things. It's hard to make big decisions like this. Uh, but if they've, you know, if they've been, you know, wondering about it, thinking about it, rolling it over in their heads, looking at the pros and cons, um, I mean, I think that some of those folks who have changed their minds or maybe changing their minds as we speak. I don't see that as a negative thing. I see that as a positive thing, and, and I would be happy to see uh, a lot more support from the councillors and, uh, and the vote, obviously, in favour of going ahead with the EA. Uh, provincial government already supplying $1 billion to pay for the line as it is. Obviously, Eastgate will add more to it. Why not ask them for the extra stop at Bay Street? Can we go there? Uh, well, I mean, again, I think uh, I think the city council has uh, has dealt with that issue. Um, you know, would I prefer that to happen? I think it makes sense to listen uh, to some of those voices that are you know concerned about adding that extra stop. Uh, at this point, though, if we can get the um, you know the volume of riders that increases with the extension to Eastgate, I think that's the bigger priority. Uh, how do you think the province or the premier's reacting to this eleventh uh, hour ask for more funds to extend it out to where it was originally start uh, was was originally uh, started in, in the initial plan? Well, I mean, I don't know how well the premier knows our our city, and, and frankly, I don't know how well uh, Mr. McNeekin knows the, that part of the city. Uh, I certainly grew up in Stony Creek and spent a lot of time back and forth from from my my home on Gray's Road to Eastgate, and then of course all the way into the downtown where I spent much time living uh, as well. And so uh, I know what the city looks like, and I know myself uh, how beneficial having that line go all the way down to Eastgate is. And perhaps, just perhaps. Uh, some of those folks, whether it be Ted, whether it be the Premier herself or some of her top advisors, maybe some of those folks have um, have spent some time recently uh, looking at the actual route and determining, you know, exactly the benefits of going that much further. And I, I mean, I hold, I hold out hope that they've been educated to the uh, importance of bringing it uh, down that far. How do you think the vote's going to go today? Uh, you know what? I, I'm in the same boat as you. I think yeah. none of us can really predict, and, and we'll hope that, I mean, I certainly will hope that it's a, a, a vote in favor and that we can move, move forward. 
Uh, can't let you go, Andrea, without asking you the news of the day. LCBO uh, talking uh, about going on a strike, voting for that mandate, uh, upset about privatization and beer and wine in grocery stores. Your, uh, What are your thoughts on beer and wine in grocery stores? Uh, well, I mean, I think there is a lot of pressure put on the uh, on the um, you know the LCBO to to do exactly that to create that accessibility. But I've always believed uh, that there's nothing wrong with our alcohol distribution system. Yeah, people like it in the grocery stores, but you know what? Uh, there was nothing wrong with the system in the past, and it's never been a priority for me. Um, but obviously, it's a priority for some folks. And the strike vote, I think, more is about uh, making sure that the government is aware, that the LCBA, LCBO is aware, that if the negotiations go off the rails, that um, that those folks are prepared to hit the picket lines. And, um, I mean, it's a tool that's used in the bargaining process, and hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully there will be a, a settlement, uh, a negotiated settlement, and we won't see a strike. Uh, if you were Premier, how would you handle the distribution of marijuana? Should that be up to the LCBO, or should there be some other uh, outlet? Well, it's a good question, actually. And, you know, so far I haven't come, we haven't made a firm kind of decision on that. But what I, what I get concerned about is the, is the distribution of, uh, of a controlled substance. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why we've been supportive of the LCBO as a distributor of alcohol is because there's some social responsibility that goes along with that. Not serving people that are drunk, for example, not selling to people that are drunk already, for example, and not selling uh, to, to minors. Uh, those kinds of things are, are, um, you know, social responsibility pieces that are, are, are much better kind of monitored and controlled uh, through the LCBO. Uh, that's why when I look at the distribution of, of, uh, of um, recreational marijuana, I look to, you know, what, what can we do to make sure that there's uh, responsibility, that the social responsibility side is held up. So I'm not saying in the liquor stores per se, uh, but whichever model uh, uh, that uh, we utilize, it has to be one where we're, where we're, where we're firm on the on the on the on the kind of um, you know the commitment to and the and the implementation of uh, real social responsibility measures uh, around how and who and when and where that uh, distribution happens. Andrea Horbath has been with us, leader of the Ontario NDP MPP for Hamilton Centre. Andrea, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Scott. Take care. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.